I am your host, Carrie Scollin, giving us different perspectives on where we are and where we want to go on our journey. Thanks for being here, and I look forward to spending some time with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another session of the Founder Series. I am um, pretty excited today. I get to interview somebody who I've followed for quite a long time, who I have the utmost respect for, for what she did, what she's done, what she's doing, what she's putting out into the world. So I want to introduce you to Amber Cavanaugh, the West Coast Medium. We are going to, well, we don't know where our conversation is going to go, which is even more fun. I've got some questions in the back of my mind, but we're going to see what happens. So Amber, thank you so much for being here and really sharing sharing your experiences with us. I know it's given me a lot of peace in my life listening to you speak. So welcome. And I'll let you introduce yourself a little bit more and, and what you do. Thank you. It's so nice to be here and to see you again. Yes. Um, so as you said, I'm the West Coast medium, but I go by Amber. Uh, and I am a medium, which means I can talk to dead people. Uh, I'm an empath but times a million so spirit can make me see feel hear and sense things other people can't i can also feel all human feelings pretty much anyone's feelings at any time um, i'm also what i call spiritually intuitive others will say psychic because there's no sense of time or space on the other side um uh, spirit can provide guidance for the future or show my me memories of the past i am also a medical intuitive intuitive a healer and an animal communicator, which I think is super fun. Yeah. And two years ago, I had a massive stroke. Well, two massive strokes. I didn't wake up, so it caused a second stroke. Um, and I went to the other side and came back. And now I talk about it. Uh, it's like a, a purpose now that I like to share my story because I think, at least I hope, it provides hope for people. Um, and so the stroke was two years ago this past December, mm -hmm. um, and it was not fun, obviously, and recovery was very difficult. And I do still have um, some deficits. Uh, people listening might see or hear that I uh, stumble on my words sometimes because I have aphasia um, and I have some other deficits, including drooling, which I... <laughs> do this for for the people who are watching on YouTube. Um, but yeah, so I'm just grateful to be here and talk with you and share my story. I love it. Well, and I really wanted to have you on um, because I wanted for sure for people to uh, get your book at the yeah. stroke of eternity. I I read it. I, I, I think I laughed. I cried. I, I did everything. So, so you, you definitely filled those, got those emotions flowing in me by reading your story. It's, um, you, to me, you just don't leave anything out. Yeah. You, you That's you, the joy of my guides, I think. Right. So right. when I introduced myself, I should mention my guides because I accepted my gifts in 2015, but I was actually born this way. Mm -hmm. I knew them very, very well before the stroke and the NDE. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, the last, I think, three chapters of the books, it's a Q&A with each guide, which I think is awesome because it's 
it's not necessarily me. So I can kind of say everything because it's them speaking, which I, I love. And so it's like a culmination. The book is, is me and the stroke story and the NDE and my recovery and all that sort of stuff. But it really is also like a kind of tell all with guides from the other side, which I think it's nice. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I love that you brought that part in. I also love that you, you showed us real, um, examples of when you were going through it with, you know, that you had your kids right and what their experience was and their perspective. Um, so yeah. it really gave us a sense of, it was like, you tried to bring us there as best as you could. So we can, yeah. we could experience, you know, of course we can't experience what you went through, but I've, I felt a real connection with that. And I, yeah. and so it just felt very real and you weren't going to leave anything out. You wanted to give it, give it all to us. And the yeah. near-death experience um, fascinated me. Yeah. To, I mean, I think I I'd said that to you before. It gave me so much peace on what happens when we cross over. And yeah. anybody believes whatever they want to believe. It can be heaven. It can be wherever, wherever that fits. Yeah. Um, do you mind sharing with us? How do you how do you want to share? that i mean it's there's so much to it i don't know how you yeah it down for a podcast but i would love to just kind of give you the floor on that sure so when the stroke happened i was actually sleeping and it's a long story short um i ended up in the hospital they give you drugs to try to stop the stroke but it had been too long um the first stroke was already complete which means it's was already all the way through that artery in my brain. And so there's nothing they can do for it, but they didn't fully know that at the beginning. They The drug is like a timeline drug. You know, when people talk about strokes, it's like the, the fast, right? You have to get to it really quick. Right. And if you don't, it's not reversible. Upside, it was helpful for the frontal lobe stroke that's like stopped or slowed down. Okay. Um, that, the medication didn't work. And so the hospital that I was in here, um, they don't have like an advanced neuro unit. They can't do like brain surgeries. They don't have people to do that. And so they needed to fly me to a like bigger hospital that could do the brain surgery. And so, you know, they told my family and my, t- my kids and husband talk about this in the book, but they told my family, you guys, I'll need to come and say goodbye because more than likely she will not survive the helicopter ride. Like she is on the verge of death and they're pretty upfront. And my husband didn't want my the kids to see me because, you know, if you've ever seen somebody with a stroke, it's not pleasant looking. Mm-hmm. You know, I was completely paralyzed on my right side. I was nonverbal. I had two words and one was a swear word and the other was my sister's name. And so, you know, that's, you know, jarring for kids. And my kids at the time were 12 and 14. Um, But the nurse and the doctor was very honest and said, like, if they don't, they'll resent you forever if they don't get to say goodbye. And so, you know, everybody said goodbye. Everybody came to the hospital and then they put us on a helicopter and they let my husband go in in the helicopter, even though they don't normally, because in their mind, they didn't want me to die alone at Christmas without a family member there. Um, And so we went up in the air and I, the sun hit my face and I started getting really hot, which is a natural thing with 
death and brain injuries, like your body temperature can raise. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mike thought it was the sun in my eyes, like it was, you know, too bright for me. And so he went to put his hand up. And as soon as he put his hand up, it's like I was I was in the helicopter, I was there. And then I wasn't. I just opened my eyes and I was on the other side. And I was like, okay, well, I guess that's what's happening. Like it wasn't I didn't have to go to the light. I didn't have to float above my body. I didn't have to like I didn't make a choice. It was just I was in the helicopter dying and that I wasn't anymore. And I could see Mike in the helicopter. I could see my body. My body wasn't actually dead. It was like clinging to life. But I could also see all of my family in their cars, in their suitcases, that sort of thing. I was like, oh, but, you know, as a human me, I would be like, what the hell? Why can I see this? But once you're on the other side, everything makes sense. There's no why or what or what is happening. It's just like, okay, well, this is the purpose now and this is what I'm doing. And so I woke up in this beautiful garden, like I don't even know how to explain how beautiful it was. It was like the best homecoming you could ever feel with every person you ever loved and every good feeling you've ever had all in one spot. And everything sort of emanated with this like golden rainbow light, which is God or source or the highest energy, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I was like in a garden, but in a field and I was surrounded by garden. There was a pond, there was a gazebo with a bench and a little creek that ran behind it, but under it. And to the kind of left was loved ones who had passed, some of my animals who had passed and actually one that was still alive um, and my husband and my kids. And sounds weird because obviously they're all alive, but the choice that I had to make wouldn't have been a choice if I felt I wouldn't get to see my kids or husband again. Right. right? So I needed to know no matter what I was with them. Mm -hmm. And then right in front of me was my two guides, Gail and Jessica. And then to the right, kind of up the field a little bit, there was a giant group of people, um, all different genders, races, cultures, um, ages some looked like they were from the 1800s some from the future some from present time and that those were all my other lives which i don't think a lot of people have when they have ndes they're they're there to like make a decision or they feel god's presence and then they come back Uh, but for me i had such i guess extensive experience and knowledge of the other side i was able to see certain things that i think other people maybe couldn't. Right. And so I didn't go and talk to my loved ones. You know, you. I think as a human, that's what you would want to do, but you right. didn't need to because everything was telepathic. So just by being there, I could feel what they were feeling. I could feel their love. Nobody had to say physical words. Um, and I also looked amazing. I looked about 25. <laughs> I was wearing a beautiful white dress And I had no like scars or wrinkles or like sort of stamps of time that we get as humans. Um, And so I was there to make the choice whether or not I wanted to come back into this life. Um, And, you know, looking back, I, you know, it felt like an easy choice at the time, kind of. Mm -hmm. Now, and when I woke up, I was like, 
oh my God, why did I do this? Like, why did I come back? And now I'm like making my family suffer because the first kind of year was horrible once I was back in my physical body. But yeah, my, my guides helped me look at what it would be like if I came back and what I would do or not do or whatever. And then they showed me what would happen or what the future would look like if I chose to stay. And so I got to see my kids' lives and what they were going to do. I got to see my husband and what he would do and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it wasn't it wasn't the same as making a human decision because there is no why. So it's like very matter of fact, mm-hmm. like seeing that my kids would really struggle, but they would come out stronger. Like if I had died, yeah. um, my husband would have made bad choices and <laughs> in my mind, <laughs> married like a super young person and started drinking again. But yeah. I was able to almost remove myself. Like I wasn't like, oh, why would he do that? That's horrible. But you you kind so of no just judgment. go, not at all. And I didn't feel any judgment of any choice. Yeah. I just knew I needed to make the choice. Yeah. Um, and a, making a choice is really hard when the grass under your feet feels so amazing and like you can literally communicate with every plant and every person just through the grass um and so i would stand on the grass and then i would go in the water and feel like even every molecule of water had that same love that same feeling that same ability to you know communicate with every person or being around you um and so yeah i i got to make the choice um which not everybody gets to when you have an NDE, um, but this was my path and my purpose. And so mm-hmm. I was glad I got to do it. And I was glad I wasn't in my physical body because it went through hell while I was on the other side. Right. So when you said that some people don't get to make that choice. So when when some people go, that that is their exit or that's... Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so that choice has already been made by them probably before they came. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so once I made the choice, I didn't get to be in the garden anymore, which was so sad. I'm like, what? Why do I got to go right now? Like my body doesn't look great. Can I just, but no, once I made the choice, I didn't go back into my body. I went to this like light filled waiting room, if you will, like not an actual room, but like kind of like I, you see it in movies sometimes where you're sort of floating above your body, mm-hmm. but in a very peaceful way. So you're still a little bit separated from your body and your physical self, but I could still see everything around my body. I could still see my family in all the different areas because they had like a two hour drive to get yes. to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I watched my body have a grand mal seizure. And the second the seizure was over, it's like I closed my eyes again, I was back with my body and unconscious. And I stayed unconscious for the full, like, I think a full day. Wow. Okay. And when you, I know that there was one part where you talked about just the feeling, which we're human. So we have our own perception. Like you said, it's completely different up there, but it was just pure love. I think that's what resonated with me. And absolutely no judgment. So there was no like my guides weren't saying, oh, you better do this or that. And if you don't go back, you're going to miss X, Y, Z. There was none of that. And this sort of myth of how God functions or 
you don't have to call it God. I call it God because I used to be religious and it just suits me. So I say God, yeah. God is not a human, uh, doesn't have a physical form, but there's feeling. no feeling or ability to judge because it's just love. And I don't know how to explain it to someone who truly believes like in the wrath of God. Right. That was created by humans for humans so that we won't kill each other and be horrible people. Right. But there, but there are yeah, there are those people. And that was yeah. the other thing um, that you talked about up there when everybody goes, there's no yeah. judgment, no matter what kind of yeah. life lived down here and that we all came. Well, I'll back it up. So purpose. So what, yeah. You probably knew this before you went up there, but it was maybe even more clear maybe for you that our purpose is really just here to learn. Yeah, just to learn. And also to, you know, a lot of people have said to me, well, that's not fair. Like, why did you get the choice or why did you have this wonderful NDE? Whereas I know people who just see black or it's stressful or they don't get the choice and they die. And it's like, that's because... Every single person in existence creates their reality and plans this life before they they come into it. And I knew that before everything. I I knew it, but I think knowing it and actually experiencing it are probably a lot different. But I think life isn't fair. There's no like scale of if, if you can do that, why can't I? That's not how it works when you plan a human life. And so... I think it's hard for us to wrap our heads around any type of unfairness. And when we plan our lives, we do. We plan a beginning and we plan an end. But in that time, we also plan anywhere from two to 10 exit points where we can choose to go to the other side. Not your human self, right? Your soul chooses this. Um, And so for me, the stroke was not my end. It was an exit point. If it was my end, there would be nothing at all that I could have done to stay here because there's nothing planned after that. Right. You're that that's yeah, that's the yeah. exit that you chose. So yeah. so yeah, I I I think kind of to help our listeners or our viewers, the way that I recall you describing it is is it's like a, a smorgasbord or a buffet and your guides. Yeah. Can- or your soul or your guides help your soul kind of choose yeah. what experiences or emotions you want to feel while we're here. Yeah. And sometimes they, they guide you in the way of that, that, that might be a little bit too much. So let's yeah. put a little bit of this back and take a little bit more of that. So I think that was the peaceful feeling for me. Um, just with, with my girls, with my family, with that, it's just like, we all chose this path. And to be here at this particular time yeah. to learn these particular lessons. Like, or would they be lessons or are they just for us to experience emotions? I see them as lessons because we do come here to learn. And I think I get a lot of questions of like, why would I ever choose this? Like, I would never choose this. Or why would a child ever choose to be right. abused or something like that? And it's like, that child didn't choose that, you know, you as a human didn't choose that your soul knew you were strong enough to walk through it, Mm -hmm. and that you would learn so much from it. So it's not like 
us as humans are like, oh, yeah, let's see how horrible we can make our lives. Right. It's more our our path and our life is planned before we come here with free will. So we can still change anything and everything. Uh, but, you know, you're not choosing to be abused. You're not choosing negativity or a horrible life. Well, sometimes humans do when they're bah humbugs and right. kind of choose to be miserable. But we're not choosing that as a human. We choose it long before we live. Right. So when you say the free will part, so we come in and there's an end point. So the free will is how we actually get to the end point. And sometimes we just take a different path. Yeah. But yeah. We're all going to get to the same destination. Yeah. It's just yeah. depending on how the path that we take. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, when we plan a life on the other side, so let's just say an 80 year life to us, that sounds like a lot of time because we really live in linear time mm-hmm. to the other side. It's like this quick. You know, so for us, it's like, how could we ever plan a life of 80 years with free will factored in? But, you know, our souls kind of know what we're probably going to do, the most likely route we're going to take. And if we decide one day, you know what, I'm going to completely change absolutely everything and I'm not doing that anymore. Yes, our soul and our path will compensate and maybe one of our other lives might take a different route because we've chosen this, but we would have already thought about it. And our higher self is always on the other side. So our higher self is always able to go, okay, well, she sure, you know, changed that or went this way when she zigged when we thought she would zag, but they know, okay, now this is what way she's going to go. So they just get on board and walk with you. Beautiful. And but when, none of it is punishment. None right. of it is like, oh, you messed up. You know, a lot of people talk about like karmic debt, like you were a total asshole in one life. So now you're going to be punished. That's not a thing. And it doesn't exist. Not the case. And so when you said that our higher selves are up there, like when you were on the other side and your family was there, that's, that was the highest version of themselves that are always up yeah. there. Okay, yeah. so when you talk about that, we are never alone. We are never alone. So if somebody has never. lost somebody or and we're grieving that, we're actually there with them. Yeah. Right? And so they don't have to miss us. I get loads of people message me like, oh, my my mom passed away last month or something. And I'm so worried that she's missing me as much as I'm missing her because it's right. like physically painful. Right. They don't have to miss us because they are with us. Never. Are, yeah, they're with us the second we cross over. Yeah, You're with every person you've ever loved the second you cross over. Yeah, like what a comfort in that. So yeah. for, for um, I know that it was talked about when somebody goes very young or uh, it was kind of how I remember it was sometimes they come because they've experienced so much, they actually come back to teach us. And I love that part too, because it, it just, I don't know, again, comfort and peace. Just those are the emotions I feel when I hear you talk about the other side. Well, like, just, let's just say if there's, you know, a young kid that gets cancer, which is like painful and horrible and awful and ends up dying. And it's how many people would go, what, like, what the hell? Like, how does that make any sense? And how is that okay? But not only did that young one teach while they were alive so mm-hmm. many less painful lessons but lessons nonetheless they will continue teaching through their existence 
until everyone they know is dead. Like, you know, the mother who lost the child will be continuously learning from that until the day she dies. Siblings, friends, grandparents, even maybe the doctors, you know, if that child really impressed upon their heart, they are going to learn from that child until they the day they die. So those are old, old souls. They are lives planned just to teach because there's no way a child dying of cancer is learning anything like they're, you know, at all. They are here to teach and will continue to teach for literally decades. Yeah. Until all the, wow. And, and that's the old soul. So those, um, those souls have lived probably a lot of lives to to come back to live. Like like me, right. They, they're like little old people, soul wise in little, human bodies right yeah so they come with the wisdom to, yeah. to help teach others to pass yeah. that on so when you yeah. think of a mother losing a child that mother somewhere like you said not in human form but that her soul chose that as well yeah to experience that loss yeah yeah and yeah. we all will live one of those lives we will all lose a child we will all be the child that dies you know, we will experience every facet of what it means to be human, not in one life, but in infinite lives. Right. And that's what you said about the, the, it was like you, the analogy was the rain cloud. Yeah. And then all of the raindrops are all. Yeah. So I always see the the highest rain cloud is God. And then all his raindrops or its raindrops are all of the souls that create life here. And then you have your own rain cloud. So your higher self is a rain cloud. And then all of the lives you live are all your own individual raindrops. And so they come down, live, go about their way, and then go back up to the rain cloud. So your rain cloud is always on the other side. Wow. Okay. Now, um, how about this question, which I've I've gotten quite a few times, is when pe- people feel like they feel their loved ones with them, or when they see a dime, when they see a feather, are those? Um, it just gives us some some hope or peace yeah. or that little bit of love when we see that. So, I've always said if you see it and you feel that that's a sign from your loved one, then, then it's a sign from your loved one. Like just take that as your, a little piece, you know? Yeah. Um, And to think that they're always with us is, I mean, that's just beautiful to me. That's just beautiful. It's to know that we're we're alone. And, but so do they do signs like that? Or is that just our human trying, you know, a hundred percent they do. They're really good at it. Um, guides are the best at it. So I don't ask for signs a lot, but my guides know when I'm struggling, I need them. And so for me, it's numbers. That's how I interpret it. Yeah. So one, 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 two, 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 three, 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 four, four, four. And they will show it to me over and over and over again. Whenever I'm struggling, just to say, Hey, remember you got this. It's okay. Yeah. Um, whereas loved ones, Sometimes it'll be numbers, but more often than not, it's whatever you feel is a sign, they will continuously show you. So maybe it's a certain bird or a butterfly, a hummingbird, dimes, whatever it is, they will constantly, again, show you. 
But I think people maybe don't always under whoops understand that you get signs when you need them, not mm-hmm. when you when you want them. So if you're just sort of sitting there going, "Oh, like I know you're dead, but I I would really like to know that you're okay." Eh, they're probably not really going to say much, but. <laughs> When you're struggling or when you're having a hard time, they try to send signs, but also will send things um, just to know that you're not alone. So like a song will play on a radio station that wouldn't normally play that song, or you will smell something and it smells like cigarettes when there's no cigarettes or a cigar, no, nothing near you or certain flowers. It's all your senses. And it just, it really does matter what you feel is a sign because they will start to send that sign. Okay. Is that because yeah. I, because I, I know I said something, I think might've been with my mom. I'm like, okay, we got to have our sign ready. So yeah. <laughs> when we know what's going to happen to one of us, yeah. like, what's that going to be? I was like, I don't even know if that, if you can do that, but it was just a funny, like, okay. So if I ever see, and it'll be something funny because my mom is very funny. Um, yeah. Also, that was another great part in your book with laughter, right? Yeah. We need that in in our lives to, to cope with all the, you know, if there's some part of humor that we can add in. But the laughter really reminded me of my mom in that chapter because that's, yeah. that's kind of how what we were raised with is try to see a side that, you know, you're not going to have that in all situations. But yeah, laughter, when they say laughter is the best medicine, you know, that when you're thinking of somebody that's passed or just to have funny stories about them. And I just, it's, um, there's a lightness to that. So yeah, I, I know dead people always say they love when we celebrate yeah. their heaven day because it's their homecoming. Right. So rather than dressed all in black and mourning and all of that, it's, it's a celebration yeah. that they lived and oh, okay. a celebration that, they got to go home and that, you know, they have so much love yes. focused on them. Yes. They, they just love that. That doesn't mean don't do whatever it is that culturally right. you do when somebody right. dies and stuff like that. Yeah. But they just, they love when we laugh and joke and celebrate um, after they're gone rather yeah. than just being devastated because they don't have to miss us. Right. So for them, it's like, Oh, I just you wish you could see how easy you just blink and then you're already on the other side. So it's okay. And I'm okay. Yes. And that, yeah, that, that's fantastic. I mean, that, that in itself, I just, um, how you describe it as a coming home, I think is yeah. very, uh, beautiful. It's very, um, yeah. I, I just don't, I can't, I can't seem to find any other word for it, except that it's just so peaceful. Well, and it's, truly, the other side is our home. This is our school. Yes. And I don't remember what I said the other day. I said, it's like, it's our school that sometimes is amazing. And sometimes it's like stepping on the most painful Lego every, every step you take or walking through the thickest mud ever, but knowing that you're capable of doing all of that. And I think as humans, we underestimate how capable and strong we are to walk this life. You know, we planned it and we didn't plan it in a, haha, you suck. Have fun trying to figure that out. Yeah. We planned it in like a very loving, 
you 100% can do this and you are strong enough to do all of it, you know, but as humans, we like to kind of look on the negative a lot of the time. Right, right. Well, that's so true. I, I, I think just if there's ever times where you are just feeling so alone and so down, that's where it comes back to that you're never alone. I think, I mean, would that be one of the biggest messages you yeah. would say that you received from the other side? Like, could, like, what would yeah. that be? What would, what could you leave us with, with what are the most important messages that you have come back really to share with the rest of us? Because nobody can understand this unless they've lived it. Right. So for me personally, yeah. knowing that I'm never alone, having that really being cemented because as like a super old soul, I kind of came into this human world or into this physical life, not fully feeling like I ever fit. Like I never had like core people that understood me. I I struggled maintaining friendships and relationships because it was like I was trying to like fit this huge energy into this little human body and it just didn't make sense. And I, I always kind of felt like I was on an island completely alone, even when I was around a ton of people. And so understanding that even if you've never lost somebody, because some people I think put again, a human spin on it, like, but I don't know anybody on the other side. I don't, I don't have loved ones who have passed, right? That doesn't matter because your guides are even closer than that. And they are always there. And even if you don't know any dead people, you do have every single person you know on the other side cheering you on here and so for me that was the biggest thing was that I am never alone alone and then also understanding that we plan this life not as a punishment but as a really loving learning experience and you know sometimes that doesn't make sense and in that first six months after the stroke when I would like pray at night that I wouldn't wake up in the morning because life was so difficult and it was so painful. And I could see what caring, having to care for me was doing to my kids and my husband. And I literally would pray to have a stroke and die before I woke up the next day. You know, that didn't make sense to me. And Mm -hmm. even as I was going through that, I had this little niggling feeling in the back of my head all the time of, I know I'm not doing this alone and I know I'm capable because I have a cheering squad of an infinite number of souls walking with me. And so I think for a world that feels so isolated, even if you are a real extrovert and, or somebody who's opposite of me, you know, and can really make friends and stuff like that, you still feel alone. You still, a lot of the time, feel like you're hiding some kind of defect that people might not like. And so I I don't think I've met a human other than maybe, not that I've met them, some sort of psychopath that doesn't feel lonely ever. Right. Um, being so, alone is the human condition, feeling alone. And so just knowing you always have this really loving cheering squad and you know the lessons you're here to learn and you are capable of learning them all was eye-opening. And oh, that's that brought me to another question because somebody said, um, I was talking to a girlfriend and she said, well, 
if we find our purpose, does that mean I'm going to leave sooner? <laughs> it's like, so, like if we learn no. lessons, we think we're here. Does that yeah. like, I don't want to go yet. So I have only seen one or two people in very late stages of life that are completely done learning, but yeah. are just taking a break and enjoying being human. Yes. Uh, so doesn't matter if you felt like I 100% know one of my main lessons is patience. It doesn't mean I'm going to master patience in this life. It means I will be presented with infinite opportunities to practice patience. And sometimes I will really do well. And other times I will fail. And just because I know that that is one of my like main lessons doesn't mean, okay, I've identified it. I know what it is. And as a human, once you know, that's it, right? You take the test and then you're done. That's not how it works on the other side. So no. And if somebody thinks, oh, I know my purpose, it's this, usually they're a little bit younger soul. And so they're not going to go to the other side before their time. Right. right. So that they've still got lots to learn. Yeah. Lots to learn. Yeah. And I, th- I think for me, uh, I'll be 55. Many of my years have been spent trying to figure out what my purpose was. So yeah. that also just learning that was, I think our purpose changes because we're forever learning. Yeah. So our- well, and in every stage of your life, yes, you have a new purpose and yes. you have to get to know yourself again, you know, like, me at 20 would have no idea who this person is. Right. And I'm sure me at 60 will have no idea who I am now. Right. right. As you go through life, your purpose can shift and change. Right. And, and we're all here experiencing this time for a reason. Like every single person here yeah. right now is meant to be here. Right. That, I think that's, that was yeah. the other thing that yeah, I learned. 100%. And, and, um, it just, it brings clarity to a question that so many of us have is why, why are we here? And yeah. just knowing we're that here we're to learn. learn. It's so simple. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's and just- I, we like to like take everything apart, right? Like, what do you mean? Like learn what and how it's just a blanket across the board. We are all here to learn and we're all at different stages. So, you know, there's, if you put it based on school, there's people that come in in preschool, you know, and then there's people that are working on like their eighth PhD, right? It doesn't really matter where you are on the spectrum. It's all learning, all different kinds of learning. And we're very grateful to do it. So, you know, I hear often like, why in God's name would I plan this? Like, there's no, no reason why, like, I couldn't have planned this. And if I did, I'm an idiot. Yeah. No, you plan this for that reason. Like you are starting now to question, okay, what am I learning? What is going on? Why is it always chaotic around me? Yeah. We create our realities and then we live them. Yeah. And then we live them. So in, I know a question that I'm going to get asked is, I guess we all just were, as humans, we want to understand. We just want to understand. And some things just do not make sense to us. And maybe there's a surrendering to that of we're not meant to understand everything. I mean, in the world that we live in right now, there's a lot of things that I am never going to understand why they're happening. Yeah. Um, And what would you say to that? Or what do your guides say to that is it's an awareness, but not a necessary to understand it, but know that it is happening for a reason. I mean, is is that phrase everything happens for a reason is that 
Is that true? <laughs> I, I struggle with that, I guess. In a, oh, yeah, in a way, yes. I think that everything happens for a reason kind of phrase is a hard one to swallow yeah. because it's like, too. what are you talking about? Like there's millions of people starving. Yeah. Why is that happening? So I think you almost have to have a broader umbrella or perspective of we come here to learn. And so all of those things are a part of the collective enlightenment rather than I need to understand why this this specific situation is happening. Right. We truly, it's, I guess everything happens for a reason, but it's more like everything happens for us to raise our vibration in the collective enlightenment. And you can't see or recognize the light if you don't sit in darkness. You know, mm -hmm. you don't even know what it is if you don't experience both. And I think that's hard for people. And it's hard for anyone really un to understand really awful hardships and horrible lives. But mm -hmm. there's a purpose to everything. There has to be an up to balance the down, back and forth, black and white. Like there has to be all spectrum of human experience in order to understand what it means to be human. But and yeah. so I think to pick apart certain things and, and get, like things that are happening in the world, it doesn't make sense necessarily in the moment, but every experience is a learning opportunity. And it might not be a learning opportunity for me or you, right. but for the collective, yes. it is. Okay. Okay. That, that, that helps. That helps make yeah. a little more sense around, around that as it being more for the collective than individual. Yeah. And that everything own. happens for a reason thing pisses people off when they're yes. going through horrible things. I agree. Like I agree. if somebody had got, talked to me right after the stroke and, and tried to go, Oh, well, everything happens for a reason. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there's, I would have told them to go stuff it. Like I can't talk, walk, eat, swallow, yeah. move. And I don't care what the reason is. And I don't need to hear that. Exactly. Um, but now looking back, I'm like, I'm so grateful it all happened. And I've learned so much, not just for me, but for my family okay. and for the people I talk to, you know, so now it makes sense. But when I'm going through it, yeah. okay, I, it didn't make sense. And and anybody saying that, like, that's the worst thing to say yes. to anyone who has had a loss or something awful. Don't tell them everything happens for a reason, exactly. because in that moment, they don't really give a crap what the reason is. Totally. Just sit with them and be with them and understand that at some point, hopefully they'll find a reason for it. Yes. But right now, not necessarily the time. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> I totally agree. It was, it's a phrase that I, I have really just tried to take out of my even, you know, it's yeah. one that doesn't sit well with me because of the pain that that can cause the person that's yeah. said to. So, well, I, it's the same I, with when people, especially because I'm a mom to younger, well, I guess they're teens now, but kids, yeah. um, I can't imagine at all what people experience when they lose a child, no oh. matter what the child age yes. is. And yes. to say to somebody who has lost a child, well, God has a plan. Do not say it because that is just the worst. Because yeah. and then it also makes it seem like God is this 
give and take away judging guy. Right. And it, that's just not helpful. No. no, God doesn't have a plan right now. The plan is for you to get through each day without right. piecing out and going to the other side. And to tell somebody, everything happens for a reason. Your child is needed more on the other. Just don't say any of it. It's just exactly. not helpful. It's better to just not say anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. That might be yeah. it. That's, yeah. that's about the best thing that you can do in that situation. Yeah. I yeah. so um I guess to wrap it up I would love to leave it on a on a note of um really that message again that we're not alone and that it is pure love and that our higher selves are always with our family always and yeah. our higher selves are always with us too us. Yeah. we have the ability to talk to them connect with them yeah. And really feel that support. And mm-hmm. so I think we're in this new sort of age of starting to understand that we're not alone here, but not totally knowing what that means without the sort of construct of religion. Mm-hmm. And so just starting to get to know yourself and your inner voice and your inspiration, because you don't necessarily need to seek out somebody like me or a life coach or anything like that to find balance within yourself and acknowledging that you are fully capable of finding out who you are and starting to listen to your inner voice is just as important as listening to other people tell you how to do it. You don't need somebody like me. You are capable of doing it yourself. You know, it's great when people come to me because, you know, yeah, that's what my purpose is too. But you don't necessarily have to. You are capable. You have that inner monologue, that inner connection to the other side, just like I do, even if it's not as out loud. And so there is not a moment in this life where you will be alone and left to suffer and left to sort of trudge through that mud and like endlessly. Right. There's just not a moment of that. And so start to acknowledge that and have gratitude for it Mm -hmm. rather than sort of pouting and going, I don't care. I don't want to do it. I can't feel it. So that means it's not real. Have gratitude that you're never alone. And then you can start to ask for signs or intuition or a comforting feeling when you are going through a hard time. Yes. And, and you're building up your trust in yourself as you do that. Right. I mean, you're, you're, we do have our answers within us. I do truly believe that. And sometimes we just need a little bit help help. and we have, we have that available to us. Not, yeah. not every time you turn around, it's like, help me. It's like, yeah. no, they're, they're there to help guide you, but they're not there to give us the answers. But if anything yeah. it feels like they're there to help us find our own answers. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I don't talk to my guides all the time. Every time I make a decision, I don't consult my guides and I actually don't ask them for their answers Almost right. ever, maybe once every six months. What I do is I express gratitude that they are there helping me see that I don't need their answers. And so when people are always asking me, you know, how do I contact my guides? How do I get closer? It's like a use with caution because mm-hmm. if you start to ask them all the time, 
you won't hear them or feel them at all because that's not what they're there for. They're there to walk with us as we do this human life, not walk holding our hands and telling us how to do this human life, right? Yes. So because we need like to experience God. Yes. And we are fully capable yes. of doing all of the things we're asking them to do for us. Yes. Okay. You should make the decisions, not rely on them to tell you which decision to make. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Incredible. Perfect. I love it. I yeah. think we should end yeah. there. But but yeah. let me end with another copy of or showing you the book again at the stroke yes. of eternity. I have it right beside me too. Awesome. <laughs> you know, what's funny is I didn't get the one that you painted in because I gave away the ones that I bought from your, from our, oh, yeah. I had bought this on Amazon before that. So yeah. So you can buy them from Amazon or do you have them for sale from your website? No. no. Okay. So I'm not a tech person. So Amazon, um, Barnes and Noble too, if you okay. don't have an Amazon membership. Okay, yeah. perfect. And what are you doing now as far as your um, sessions? You're doing group sessions right now, right? Mostly groups, yes. Okay. Once in a blue moon, I'll do a private reading, but I'll do like one or two groups a week. I'm doing lots of podcasts and stuff like that. But you, I do live videos on Facebook and YouTube, sometimes TikTok, and okay. I'm on Instagram. So all the socials, I'm a bit of a dinosaur technologically. And so I'm most comfortable on Facebook, even though a lot of people don't use it anymore. Yeah. Um, but I am starting to switch a little bit over to YouTube. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people can find me on all those socials. I will give a disclaimer just because it is happening a lot right now. There's a lot of scam accounts pretending to be me. So I will never reach out to you yeah. saying, I have a, a reading prepared for you. Just oh. give me your credit card. I don't take credit cards and I will never send you a message that say that says I have a reading prepared for you. I I just don't. So when you're looking for me on social media, don't go to those ones. Yes. So you're under West Coast Medium. Yes. On all of And I own. am I am West Coast Medium in Canada. There is a West Coast Medium in California as well. Okay. Um, but I am Canadian. Okay. So make sure yeah. when you're looking for that, make sure it's Amber. Yes. <laughs> when you click on the West Coast medium, that's who you're, yeah. that's who you're getting. Well, I, um, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the founder series and really what you're here, what you've come back to teach us. We are very, very, uh, grateful that you came back, that you chose to come back and, Me too. <laughs> yes, and what you're, what you're doing for so many of us that hear you and follow you, um, Again, I will just reiterate that that's a very peaceful and and uh, uh, comfort for me. And I'm sure there's many others that feel the same way. So thank you for your Yes, thank you. Sharing your gifts. Thanks with for you. having me. You're very welcome. So everybody, we will see you on the next session of the Founder Series. And thank you so much, Amber. And we will talk yes. to you all soon. Bye-bye. Perfect. Bye.